Welcome to today's Wisdom Workout. I'm your host, Daniel Sullivan, and today I'm going to be talking about oppressors. Now, this is sort of a continuation of my last podcast where I spoke on being a victim. And I'm going to open this discussion with the story in my life of where I was embodying the oppressor. And I'm going to go through a story similar to how I did in the last podcast, and I'm going to use examples to help you sort of heal the areas of your life where you are being an oppressor. Um, now, specifically to start, right, in my backstory, um, and a lot of this happened because of when I was bullied. So really, if you haven't listened to my podcast on victims, please go do that now because I'm going to continue um, sort of the conversation. But since it switched to a different sort of focus, I wanted to separate it. Um because I was playing the role of a victim in a lot of areas of my life, and I am core dominant masculine, what I did in terms of embodying my inner oppressor was I embodied the quote-unquote patriarchy. <clears throat> now, it's very, um, I don't know, I'd say hip or um, culturally appropriate nowadays to sort of rage against the patriarchy, um, but really what I would propose to you is that the patriarchy is simply the wounded masculine um, energy within people. So the patriarchy isn't some system that's out to get you or, um, you know, a collective decision to oppress women. What I would say is that the patriarchy is a wounded energetic masculine that is embodied by people and it usually expresses as an oppressor and i'll go through that today um in this podcast because i feel that that distinction is very important and i feel like a lot of the rage against the patriarchy what's happening is that you know it's essentially two oppressors trying to fight each other so what's happening is that you know feminists who are raging against the patriarchy they are embodying their inner wounded masculine to fight and try and conquer something that isn't really uh tangible uh it's an intangible fighting and intangible and so i would say that the way to move past that is actually to first heal the inner victim um you know if you believe you are a victim to the patriarchy right i would go into and dive into your reality and see where you are living life as a victim. And I would heal that. And I talked about this in the last podcast with forgiveness. So that way you can see it from a more clear perspective and then step into the process of healing the inner oppressor. Um, now, what I would propose is that it is easier to heal a victim than it is to heal an oppressor. You know, um, for many reasons, but particularly, I think, because um, when you are internally acting as a victim, the the uh, sort of motivation or the sort of energy that's moving through that is all internal. So it's a little bit easier to see when you dive in. Now, with being an oppressor, the energy of being an oppressor, it's an external action. And sometimes it's more difficult to uh, view an external action from an external perspective. 
because um, you have to go external, externally of that. So whereas internal is just like a dive in, whereas something that's happening externally and manifesting externally, you have to take that external action and go ex like meta on top of that. Um, so be external of the external. So, and there's a lot more reasons um, why I, I believe personally that oppressors are harder to heal than victims. Uh, and it's because oppressors usually um, have essentially, they view that they're in more control, right? And they, they typically have the perspective that they are right and righteous, right? Which is what has led to a lot of sort of the um, conquering and sort of the, the ideology of um, and the famous like colonizing of, um, I don't know why I said famous, but essentially like the colonization of, um, or the action of colonizing, right? Basically what's happening is, um, somebody who is acting as an oppressor, right? Will then go and colonize other things um, in order to gain control or to gain some sort of significance. And this is what I feel the quote unquote patriarchy has gotten a really bad reputation for is because, you know, it's sort of the embodiment of a wounded masculine's need to continually control more and more territory. And <clears throat> I think that that's sort of the internal desire of uh, an embodied oppressor is to want to be in control and to be significant over other people. Um, but I also think that sort of the more vulnerable aspect of it is to be sort of adored. And most oppressors won't want to admit that, that really what they care about is being adored by their people. And I think that's a very key distinction. And this is sort of why vulnerability is seen as a weakness for oppressors is because, you know, if you're doing something just to be adored, but you're justifying the means in order to, you know, conquest or, um, colonize, right. You're, you're the end quote unquote justifies the means, but also instead of being adored by everyone, you're just being adored by a select group of winners. Um, when you could actually be embodying a higher version of yourself instead of being an oppressor and be adored by many more people, which is why vulnerability is hard because it's accepting that you're wrong in a lot of areas. Now, through sort of my story, right, there was a lot of areas where um, I embody the patriarchy because I uh, felt so much pain around other people and I wanted to control the situation because I didn't want to feel the pain anymore, which for me was my wounded masculine. And in today's society, the way that you gain power is by getting a lot of money. So this sort of for a long time sort of like started my conquest for becoming wealthy. Now, I would like to um, caveat this because I am currently still in the state of desire for wanting to accumulate lots of wealth, but, um, I want to be doing it out of service, uh, to people. And I'll talk more about this later. Um, but originally my desire for becoming hyper wealthy was because it allowed me to control my situation where I lived, what I did, who I had in my life and granted me a lot more control. 
which is sort of the state of being an oppressor. Now, sort of the epiphany that I had was when, you know, I fell in love with myself through forgiving everyone else, right? You know, the sort of the first podcasts that I talked about, you know, you forgive everyone else, you're grateful for everyone else, and you love everyone else, right? That creates a full circle where you begin to forgive yourself, be grateful for yourself and love yourself. Um, when I started loving myself, you know, it became very easy to control um, not just my own actions, but also my emotions, my own emotions. I didn't have to control other people because I controlled myself. And that was the epiphany for me. And, um, you know, sort of the plan of attack for me was to just continually grow and become the absolute best me I could be. Um, uh, so that way, you know, I didn't have to control other people to be better than them. Like I was just becoming the best version of myself that I could possibly be. Now, something that I ran into was, you know, a lot of friends, you know, they were used to the person that I was. Um, you know, I started making friends after I escaped my victim mentality. And then, you know, they started getting used to who I was. And then when I started trying to go through a growth, uh, through a phase of hyper growth, they started getting uncomfortable around me because they, I wasn't living up to the identity of what, who they assumed I was. Um, and a lot of it was because of their own insecurities, you know, the fact that I was growing so much, um, you know, a lot of people were uncomfortable with that because in order to keep up, like, right, they would have to continually grow themselves. And because me growing and becoming a much more powerful person in general, not in terms of being an oppressor, but energetically and uh, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, whatever, you know, it started highlighting the aspects that they needed to improve on more. So they began sort of tearing down my growth. Um, which was good because the resistance almost encouraged me to do it more just because of how I framed the world. But, um, you know, this, this eventually led me to really becoming a great coach, uh, because the personal growth that I got allowed me to serve other people. Now, um, you know, I said in the last one, uh, in the podcast about victims, right? The way, the easiest way to escape the victim mentality is forgiveness, but also, to become a servant, right? You know, if, if you, uh, have dealt with domestic violence, right? Um, go and help at a shelter who helps, you know, people who have dealt with domestic violence, right? Because instantly you leave your own ego, you leave your own perspective and you are acting as a servant. And then that's going to help you become more empathetic, more empathic. And that's going to upgrade your life in a very strong way. Now, for me, right, instead of trying to control other people, right, the upgrade for me was service as well for not just victims, but also oppressors, right? When oppress when an oppressor or an oppressor's mindset starts acting as a servant, right, instead of being an oppressor, you act as a servant, right? That allows you to truly act in other people's best interest. And when you truly act in other people's best interest and not out of your own self-interest, what happens is you start elevating your energy into becoming more, I'm going to say kingly because I'm a man, but kingly or royal or things like that, because you're in a way you're still quote unquote controlling the situation. You're still uh, acting as a part. You're a main actor in the story, right? When you're serving other people, but instead of you acting out of your own best 
self-interest, what you think is best, you're acting in somebody else's best interest because you have the empathy since you've healed your inner victim. You have the empathy to see somebody else's victimhood for what it truly is and you have the opportunity to step out of being an oppressor and help them with what they need help with, right? So that's the upgrade that you get when you start acting from service and that has manifested in my life as coaching and me building businesses, right? while at the same time being loved, right? Like people don't fear me, right? The sort of the old masculine patriarchal paradigm of being a leader was that people should fear you and then you'll get people to do what you want, right? But it's really not about getting people to do what you want. It's about finding people who are aligned with your mission and encouraging them and giving them the power to basically act in the self-interest of themselves in a way and then as a team unit, if everyone is acting aligned in their own self, best self-interest, right? What that's going to do is create group coherence. So it's important to act in your own self-interest because then you could be of service to other people. And as long as everybody's on the same mission, acting in your own self-interest is also acting in the interest of the group, right? And it takes a leader to be able to choose people who are going to act in the self-interest of the group through acting in their own best self-interest, right? And money is one way to do that. It's the easiest way. It's like, I'll pay you money to do this job. So they're acting in their own self-interest because they want to get paid, but really they're not aligned in the mission. So the best way to lead a team of people through business is to find somebody who's passionate about what you're passionate about. And you can also use money as leverage, sure. Um, but they're going to want to help you in your mission because it is also their mission. Um, and when you start to realize this, you know, my own personal transformation in terms of, you know, wanting to be significant and wanting to be in control, right? By giving up control to other people who were on the same mission as me, it allowed me to elevate myself as a leader into like, quote unquote, kingship. And I actually had better control because we were all aligned on the same mission. What it allowed me to do is more easily maneuver and pull people in the direction that my vision wanted us to go because we all sort of had a collective vision, right? And it allowed me to lead from the front and be adored from it, adored for it because it allowed me to basically act on my vision and people started following rather than me forcing other people and telling other people what to do, right? It goes a lot slower. It's a much slower process and it's not nearly as effective. So in terms of an oppressor, Right, with a victim, the way to heal is through forgiveness. With an oppressor, though, the easiest way to heal an oppressor is to love yourself. And this is another reason why I say healing a victim is a lot easier than healing an oppressor. Because it is much easier to forgive other people for their wrongdoings than it is to learn how to love yourself. It's a lot harder to learn how to love yourself than it is to forgive other people for their mis misgivings, wrongdoings, whatever. So... The first step is healing the victim, which is why I made that podcast first. The next step is learning to love yourself. And you do that through forgiveness, gratitude, and love. And go full circle with it like I spoke with to in uh, my very my first few podcasts. So, But once you heal the oppressor, right, you elevate yourself into much more powerful position, which is much more like kingship, right? Because you're acting in the self-interest of others and in doing so you are elevating and achieving your own self-interest um, but the others is first 
Um, another thing about being an oppressor is that it's really false power. You know, you might think that you're powerful because you're quote unquote controlling other people, but um, internally for those people, you know, they, they don't have respect for you. They don't have love. They don't admire you. They might act like it because it's in their own best self-interest to do so, right? Especially if you have financial control over them or, you know, legal control over them, right? It's in their best interest to act the part, but you don't truly have them. Um, you don't truly have their ad um, admiration or their love. So when you are embodying more of the, the sort of kingliness, right? It is a true power because you are acting in the self-interest of others. And they know that. People can feel that. Um, and what I was saying earlier about, you know, victims sort of being a feminine energetic downward spiral, right? Oppression is the masculine energetic downward spiral. You know, when the masculine doesn't feel like it's controlling enough, right? Or it doesn't feel loved enough, right? It wants to externally push its idea or its means in any way that it's that it can, which is the embodied oppressor. Um, you know, for being a victim, right? You're getting fucked. Uh, an oppressor wants to fuck. Uh, to use that sort of analogy between men and women. Now, obviously, there are women who are dominant masculine, and there's men who are dominant feminine. That's why I'm speaking energetically, not based on gender. Um, but every if you heal your inner feminine through healing the victim and you heal your inner masculine through healing the oppressor, you will elevate yourself to becoming empathic royalty where you are in the service of other people, which in turn services yourself. Um, so yeah, so that's all I really have to speak on with this. Again, I will, I'll reiterate that, you know, vulnerability is only a weakness inside of a victim or an oppressor because a vulnerable victim is a disaster and a vulnerable oppressor loses all control, right? But vulnerability in terms of forgiveness and loving yourself is what heals that and allows you to sort of escape either being a victim or an oppressor and or both and step into being a true leader, which is what I feel the world needs more of. The world needs more leaders, people who are willing to stand for what they believe in and start acting on it. So that way we can collectively heal the, the damage and the trauma that we've done not only to our planet but to ourselves to our collective consciousness and i believe that is truly what's going to elevate us to new heights so that was it for today's wisdom workout thank you for listening and uh, if you have any questions feel free to reach out to me at any time uh, my instagram is at daniel.sullivan and i look forward to hearing from you and yeah have a great rest of your day